Our reading this morning is from the book of 1 Peter. I'm going to read from verse 3 to verse 9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded, interesting word, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And as Paul comes up to join us and to speak to us this morning, just going to pray for him. Father, thank you for the different giftings that you give each one of us. Thank you, Father, for your anointing upon Paul. And I pray that if he comes and speaks to us this morning about hope on this first Sunday in Advent, that you would bless him, that you would use him, you would undertake for him, and that you would give to each one of us ears to listen to you, to hear what you're saying to us, and hearts to respond to you as we go out into this coming week. Amen. Welcome, Paul. Lovely to have you with us. Well, good morning, everybody. Great to have you joining us this morning. Can I first off say a big thank you to Kathy for leading the first part of the service this morning, particularly so because she uh, took on that responsibility at fairly short notice. So uh, thanks, Kathy, for that. And thanks also to Phil, Steve, and Rob, who are doing all things technical this morning so that this service is coming out to you, hopefully, uh, where you are at home. Today, as we've already said, is the start of Advent. This is Advent Sunday. If you follow the official church calendar, as some churches do, this is actually the start of their calendar year. And I know the rector in Loddon, where I live, this morning will probably be wishing everybody a happy new year because he picks up that that's the start of that year. But whether we go to that extreme or whether we just uh, uh, follow other traditions, it is, Advent is a time of preparation. It's a time we prepare for Christmas. And it's a time we're preparing for a different Christmas. As I quoted last week, it's Christmas, but not as we know it. We're coming to something very different. And 
uh, we're already trying to work out amongst the guidance as to which people can meet together this year and which people can't, and, and uh, that can be difficult sometimes. In putting this Advent sermon series together, we've moved on from the excellent series that uh, Peter, Paul and David did on staying together. We're moving into Advent, and we agreed we would take themes of hope, love and joy. Uh, next week, Ian's going to be speaking on the theme of love, and the week after that, Chris is speaking on joy. But today, we're going to be looking at the theme of hope. Now, when I first knew I was speaking on this theme, my initial thought uh, was one of a title of Hope During a Pandemic. And that was even before I realised that at the time we would be in another lockdown. But as I thought and prayed about it, I realised that I perhaps needed to cover a rather broader area uh, than just this. So this morning we'll be looking at, if you like, past, present and future, the hope that came into the world. Hope during a pandemic and then future hope or, or eternal hope. So what was the world like that Jesus was born into. What was the times like there? Was it the same as we're having to put up with today? Well, in some ways, I guess it was. You know, like today, the Jews had their restrictions. Their restrictions came in the form of the occupying Roman army, which limited what they could do rather than a virus as we are. They were restricted by what they were commanded by the occupying army. And to the Jews, that was a great discomfort. The proud people, the people who were God's people, under subject to a foreign power, was something that was difficult for them. You might, as an aside, also comment that the Pharisees in particular spent a lot of time washing their hands. That was one of their rituals. And of course, we've got rid of that used to that. But spiritual life was at a low. Between the end of the Old Testament and the start of the New Testament, there was a period of around 400 years, what we refer to as the silent years. This was a time when it seemed that there were no prophecies from God, there were no people earnestly seeking God, his voice was rare. There are no recorded prophecies from the end of the Old Testament right up to the time that the angel appears to Zechariah to announce the birth of John the Baptist. And it seems that during that period the Jews had reduced the Old Testament to a list of rules to be obeyed. Okay, it was a very long list of rules, about 800 odd I think, but nonetheless, worshipping God had been reduced to a set of rituals rather than faith and trust in God. And it was into this world that God sent his son to be the hope of the world. His coming had long been promised. There's a couple of verses that 
We often read at carol services. In Isaiah 9, verse 2, we read these words, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. These dark, these silent years were going to be shattered by light. And of course, the shepherds' view as they sat on that dark hillside was indeed shattered by the light of the angels. And those wise men were guided by the light of that star. And also in Isaiah 7 verse 14, God's promise, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. God who is out there, suddenly with us. God who was being worshipped in ritual and distant. God who could only be approached in that situation once a year by the high priest going into the Holy of Holies. God was suddenly going to be with us to bring us a hope, a hope that was so missing in those days. Now, you know, when Jesus came, most of the people of the time would have known these two verses. They knew about the promise of the Messiah. They all knew that one day God's promised Messiah would come. You know, even a Samaritan woman of somewhat dubious morals, away in Samaria, a country the Jews loathed, even that she knew of the coming of the Messiah, the promise of the Messiah. And yet, sadly, of course, when Jesus came into the world as promised, many failed to recognize him. And I confess, I don't understand all that. You know, these were learned people, some of them, seeking. There's a passage in John 7 where the Pharisees had tried unsuccessfully to arrest Jesus. And Nicodemus comes to his defense. And they come back at him and say, um, where the Pharisees say in verse 52 of John 7, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it. You will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. How was it? that they failed to associate Jesus as having been born in Bethlehem. They assumed he'd been born and lived in Galilee, whereas he'd only lived there from probably about two years of age. Surely the Pharisees would have known their history. Jesus' birth, after all, was hardly a quiet affair. There was that census that Caesar Augustus had commanded, which they must have known about. There were the wise men who who caused Herod such consternation. A new king born, a threat to me. And of course there was that bit of the Christmas story that we often try not to mention, the slaughter of the innocents. They must have known their history. So why did they not know this baby was Jesus? who had been born in Bethlehem, as Micah had prophesied. Well, I don't know. 
I can't give you an answer to that. You can speculate on it if you want, but I doubt you'll come to any great conclusion. Perhaps they did think that Herod's slaughter of the innocents would have got rid of that baby. And yet they must have realized something special about Jesus when he started his ministry. But you know, equally as I don't understand that today, I don't quite know why so many people are so anxious this year to celebrate Christmas. It's so crucially important, and, and yet their celebrations seem to have nothing to do with Jesus, the hope of the world that God sent to us. Many are indeed looking for hope this year in Christmas. Many have started putting their Christmas decorations up very early. Over a week ago, I saw a TV bulletin from... I think it was Mulbarton. Those of you not in the area, Mulbarton's a village about five miles south of where I am now. Showing a number of people who had put up their Christ Christmas lights because they saw them as a sign of hope. And the house across the road from me where I live put up their Christmas tree two weeks ago today. And Kathy here is smiling at me because I don't she doesn't particularly like Christmas. So, um, that's as it is. But yeah, there's this thing of hope. It's going to bring us hope. And yet it's going to be so transient if all we're relying on is some pretty lights and some tinsel. You know, maybe for those of us that know the Lord Jesus Christ, the Saviour, who are indeed rejoicing in the gift that he sent down to this earth, maybe particularly this year we need to show why we celebrate because I believe despite all that has happened, we still have a message of great hope. God is still in control. As Kathy said earlier, the pandemic hasn't caught God by surprise. He knew what was going to happen. He has it all planned from the, from the end, from the beginning to the end. And he is the one in whom we can hope. There's a line from a carol which is still true, which says, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And so we have this hope that came into the world, not just once, not just to celebrate Christmas, not so just so we could decorate our houses once a year, but a hope that came to live and to die for our sins, that we might have lasting hope. And yet we can't get away from the fact that this year things will be different. As we said earlier, this is the 30-something or other week that we've only been able to have a service online. And probably when we started, we didn't really dream that we'd get into double figures and yet it goes on and on and who knows how much longer normally my diary for December would be very full of carol services that I've got to go and play for this year it's strangely empty and even all the plans that we're making for Christmas services are different there's a lot of recording work going on so that we can bring you carols online 
because we're not going to be able to meet together to sing. Although you are allowed to go and sing outside if you want to. But of course there have been words of hope over the past couple of weeks with news of vaccines being developed. Praise God for that. You know, words that have been with me right from the start of the first lockdown and perhaps a bit before, and which I make no apology for sharing again because I've shared them before, come from Psalm 103 and verse 3. God, uh, when we think about his benefits, reminds us that God heals all our diseases. And you know, I believe we still need to take hold of that. That we have a God that's in control of COVID-19. We need to pray that he can bring it under control, that he can heal people, that he can help and even dispel it altogether. I wonder as you've been praying over these months for those in our health service, whether you've also been praying for scientists who've been trying to develop vaccines and treatments. And if you haven't, then can I ask that you might do so now? Because we need to be people that are praying. Praying, yes, for our medical people, for our scientists, for our government, because we have a prayer-answering God. We have a God who is the only hope for this world. And we need to cry out to him. In verse 3 of the passage that we read, uh, we read that God, in his great mercy, has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4 goes on to tell us that it's an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. We have this hope, a living hope, the living hope that is Jesus Christ who came down, yes, as a baby, but who grew up to be a man and who went on to die on the cross for our sins, giving us forgiveness of sin and the opportunity of peace, the opportunity of eternal life. And that's there kept in heaven, ready for us on the day Jesus comes or calls. However, that verse doesn't mean that we're immune from problems in this world. Verse 6 says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Peter was writing to a church that had been scattered because of persecution. And they were still suffering that persecution. Listening to someone speaking uh, a little while back on part of this passage, he was saying that many Christians were indeed being put to death for their faith. Many were having their homes burned down simply because they were trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter is writing to such people not bemoaning their lot, 
but bringing a message of encouragement and to remind them that by virtue of their hope in Christ, they would be victorious. That's true of us too. We may not like the times we're going through, but ultimately we have a hope through which we will be victorious. You know, there's a line in the song which we'll sing at the end of the service, which says that I am safe in everlasting arms and they will lead me home. That's the promise of God if we put our trust in him. That's the hope that we can have, that we're in God's arms, surrounded and protected and being led, yes, through this life and eventually led home. And so we have this hope for this life and for this time. But what of the future? Paul, writing in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19, says, If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. If it's only for this life we can hope in God, what's the point? Because get the end of our lives, we'll be no different to anyone else. But that's not as we are. The old song says, This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasure is laid up somewhere beyond the blue. How much do we think about heaven? So, so often our thoughts are just focusing on the here and now. Maybe just a short-term future, not even the long-term future at present. And yet, our hope should be on heaven. You know, the time we spend in this life is minuscule compared with eternity. We will be, if we've trusted God, as in, trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. But we need to get our focus on what our eternal destiny is. Words of Jesus in Matthew 6, 19 to 21 say this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your treasure this morning? Is it in the things that you can see around you? Oh yes, they may be precious. The items you've got, the family you're with at the moment. But is your treasure stored up in heaven? This it's Advent Sunday, and as Cathy already mentioned, traditionally it's a day not just to think of Jesus coming to earth as a baby, but to remind ourselves of the fact that one day Jesus will return to this earth, what we call the second coming. Many have made predictions as to when that will be. Many others think that the time might be soon. 
I'm not going to go into that this morning because in Matthew 24, verse 36, we read, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So I'm not going to suggest that I know something that appears from this verse that even Jesus himself doesn't know. That may just have been true at the time and things different now, but not something we can predict. Instead, I want to ask, if Jesus did return soon, would you be ready? Would you be ready for him if he came? Where are you this morning? Where are you this morning? I don't know who's watching and listening to this service. You may be part of our regular church and you've heard messages like this many times. Or you may just have tuned in either locally or far away. But I wonder if there are people this morning that have tuned in and in your mind you are totally lacking in hope. Perhaps you are afraid of catching the virus. And yes, we do need to be wary. We don't need to be silly in dealing with that. Perhaps you've got other health issues that you've not been able to get treated. Perhaps because of lockdowns, you're fearful that very soon you may not have a job or you may not have a business. All very genuine concerns. And perhaps you're lonely, just desperately missing seeing a loved one closer, being able to go up and actually give someone a hug. Now, I'm not going to trivialise the problems you're going through. I understand they're very real. But I am going to suggest that you really need to trust the God who loves you so much that he gave his only son to die for you. He is the only source of true hope. And maybe you're really struggling because you haven't been able to meet with others to worship God in, in our normal way. Yes, that can be so difficult. Oh, that we could really praise and worship him like we used to. But God understands. You know, he's just as real with you in your home this morning as he would be if there was 150 of us here in this building this morning. You know, God is our hope for this Christmas, this life, and for eternity. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, we read, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Are you feeling downcast? Are you feeling weary? Are you feeling faint? Those whose hope 
is in the Lord will renew their strength. May we each one put our hope in the Lord so that we will be ready for the day when he comes or he calls. So that we will be able to go through this life, however difficult that might be, even in the coming days, with a hope that God loves us. God loved us so much that he sent Jesus down to this earth. God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross. God loves us so much that even now he's preparing a place for us where one day he will take us to and to be with him, not for the short blink of an eye of this life, but for eternity. The song we're going to sing in just a minute speaks of that time and says that at that time when we reach heaven, then joy unspeakable will flood my soul, for I am truly home. May we be ready for that day and keep our hope in the Lord this morning. Amen. Let's just pray as we conclude these thoughts. Lord, we do thank you that you gave that great gift, that greatest Christmas present ever, the gift of your Son, to come down to this earth, to live amongst us, and to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Lord, that by trusting in you, we can have hope, hope for this life, and hope for eternal life. Oh, Lord, help us this morning. Lord, you know each one's situation. You know if we're rejoicing or if we're struggling. You know our circumstances. You even know what uh, this week will hold. And Lord, for each one that's listening and watching this morning, I just pray that you will be with them right now, that, they, that each one that's desperate would reach out in hope to you this morning. Lord, will you touch your people? Will you bless your people? Will you strengthen your people? And Lord, give us that sense of real, true, lasting hope that can come only from you. Bless us and help us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.